Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Racing Only Better ahead of a big day's racing at Ascot and elsewhere on Saturday. As always, we are going to be tipping horses throughout the ITV coverage. We've got a load of races from Ascot to take. And of course, the feature there is the Betfair Ascot Chase. It's going to be an absolute belter if they all line up. I need to apologise early. I hope loads of you just listened to this on podcast form. But for those of you who do tune into the YouTube channel, something very odd has happened with my camera. And so uh, we've got a matrix situation going on. I do apologise. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it. So you just need an epilepsy warning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, that was what I was. I'm thinking about dyslexia, but I even got that wrong, didn't I? Yeah, no, it is. A damn, damn squid and um, a bum fight, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the one. Well, I've got another. Um, one. I literally have written this in my article today. I've got another one for you on that score, Vanessa. We'll go on then. Let's do the intros now. As everyone can hear, we're joined by the usual in Dan Barber and Tony Calvin. But we also do have Brendan Duke on the side, who we will come to in due course. He's just sitting there quietly. But TC, go on. What's your latest? That is so disconcerting. That you're, I've turned you're... it off. I won't lie. Um, yeah, okay, we'll just do the. I can uh, blend um, blend two into one on the goings. Then uh, I'll start off with Haydock, where it's good to soft. Uh, that's surprising. Uh, they put down five in on Wednesday and they have another five in on natural. So that's good to soft. And there is some rain forecast on Friday, about two mil and about currently about four mil on Saturday. So it might actually get good to soft, maybe a little bit softer ground there. So that'll be good. Wincanton, they got some welcome rain on Wednesday and Thursday. They're now good. Um, a little bit more due. We were calling this about three o'clock on Thursday. So they'll get a bit more. Ascot, amazingly, a good, good to soft in places. Um, they've been watering a lot, but obviously there's, there's fears it's going to be on the quick side, and there's no more forecast there. In fact, the shower they got on Friday, or Thursday, was only 0.6 mils. So, there. So, there's going to be a lot of trainers, uh, imagine walking the course on Saturday morning and waiting to see what the time's saying, the early Saturday races, we're all deciding what to race. And if I say they're going to be on tender hooks, or tender hooks, what one would you go for, Vanessa? Tender or tenter? I know I the would, answer to this. I would go, we are on tenter hooks. Yes. Correct. Yes, 10 points to Vanessa. Get in. 10 to Vanessa. Yeah. Um, Dan, how are you before we go any further? Yeah, I won't lie, massively perturbed by <laughs> your issues, but I've, I've blocked the, the Zoom screen out and I'm, I'm plowing on. Good spirits, thank you. Great. Maybe they can do an editing job and just put a picture of me in on the YouTube version. Hey, Brandon, because oh, no, no one needs this in there. I'm going to have to put my hand over it because I'm not as technically knowledgeable as you, Dan. I'd, ra- I'd rather stare at Medusa right. <laughs> turn to stone. Uh, Brandon, how, how are you other than my ridiculous Zoom issue right now? Oh, I'm fine. I don't like looking people in the eye anyway. Yeah, but I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I have a touch of autism, like all men. So it, it suits me down to the ground. But I'm in, I'm in fine, uh, fine battle. Uh, weather's still uh, really nice. Looking forward to the weekend. Well, I'm delighted you're still with us, Brendan, after an excellent show on Monday. Um, so thanks for joining us, stepping in where Kevin's still on his jolly holidays. Just half-time, part-timer these days, isn't he? Um Don't forget, everyone, before we get stuck into Ascot, which is where we're heading to first, the Bet 10, Get 10 on racing multiples offer that Betfair have on from now until Cheltenham every single Saturday. Have a £10 bet on racing multiples, get a free £10 bet. But don't forget that you need to opt in. 
And you also need to read the T's and C's that can be found in the podcast description below. So please do read them. Um, let's crack on straight into Ascot. And we are going to start with the 150. That is, of course, the Reynoldstown Novices Chase. And Brendan, seeing as you are new to the show or stepping in, substitute, we will start with you, I think. Um, at the top of the market, currently, we have Bold Endeavour at, well, 8 to 13 with Betfair at the moment. Um, Kinodu Kwetu, is it? 11 to 4 off the back of the break and got this slightly bizarre profile for the Sam England team. JJ Riley in there at 8. Uh, Oscar Elite at a bigger prices around, well, 12 some places for 8s with Betfair. Those are your top few in the market for this novices chase, Brendan. Which way are you going? Well, I don't think I'll be parting with any of my own money on this race, just to uh, get, get that out in the first place. I'm not really gone on any of them. Bold Endeavour is an unexposed horse, in fairness, and he'd probably be better going right-handed, uh, might have the run of the race. Uh, I, I mean, it's just hard. I don't really trust that J.J. Riley. Oscar Elite's hard to have, probably has the best bit of form in the race and was a very promising horse, but even... When he ran that huge race, the Chapman Festival, he bled after that. He's had a wind off. He hasn't lifted a leg since. I probably, if you gave me a free bet, I'd probably chance that Canando Cueto. He, he's interesting. I know a lot of the trainers don't like Casamentos because they feel mm. like they'll disappoint you. But this horse is, is the... That he's just doing enough in his races. He doesn't want to be in front too soon. He has, he has a little bit about him, all right. But it, that, that has meant that he's managed to win five chases and only go up £30 because he only, he, he only wins by it. Oh, you're back. Oh, you're looking great there. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> fine. That's, 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 that, that's much better. Uh, sorry, he's only, he's only got up £30 for those five wins. So when he has a bit, little bit to find here again, you definitely get the impression that he's a little bit up his sleeve and he knows how to win. We know that. So I'd probably chance him at, at around three to one. Dan, do you agree? Is it going the way of the Northerners with Canondo Queto? Uh, no, I think it's. A, I think Bold Endeavour is quite hard to beat here. He's. Okay. I mean, he wasn't a bad horse at all for Laura Morgan in very little time. But Henderson and forcing tactics have really allowed a real staying horse that he is to reveal the full extent of his ability. He's been dominant in two handicaps. He had the error of paying for Christmas money for the stable, didn't he? prior to the first start when he was backed off the boards and made all. And yeah, it's handicap form, but nothing else in the race has got anything above handicap form. And for comparison, I don't know if the sports book misprinted it, but I, I saw in, on the on the market, they'd initially gone 11 to 4, JJ Riley suddenly pushed out to eight. And it was the opposite for, for Canondo Quetu, but... JJ Riley won a handicap absolutely scrambling off a mark of 132, and Bold Endeavour won one of 139 by seven lengths despite jumping right. So I think he's potentially a cut above. I agree with Brendan, the danger is the Northern Raider because we've got untapped potential, but I do really rate Bold Endeavour. Okay. Bold Endeavour, hard to beat, is the general consensus. TC, where did you land here? Yeah, the, the eights and the 11 to four, that was a palpable across all of the flutter uh, books so yeah that thank was, you tc so nobody would have got eights about uh the northern raider i'm not no way i'm going to have a bet in this and i suppose jj riley could make it awkward for bold endeavor early doors but bold endeavor obviously is going to be super going right-handed the way he jumped at doncaster last time he's won on livelier ground at leicester beforehand um he's a pick of the weeks on official ratings 
Um, it's just his to lose, isn't it? I mean, no way in the world do I back at eight to thirteen, even in pretty looks what looks to be straightforward circumstances like this. But yeah, I find it hard to look behind bold endeavour. I mean, I don't trust that um, the second favourites form last time. Uh, they, I don't think they jumped. I think they. I think they missed out ten of the fences, didn't they? And yeah, um, not in Australia. And the form hasn't really worked out. But yeah, bold endeavour. Yeah. Okay. On we go then to the 225. This is a much more, well, what I think is pretty competitive handicap chase. Um, over the three miles, it's the premier handicap. And Captain Ord currently is 4-1 at the top of the market for the Christian Williams team. Danny Kerwin, next best at 11-2 to two for Paul Nichols. Could be a very big day for him. Laskalen in there for Venetia Williams at 11-2. to two. Revels Hill, 11-2. to two. Phoenix Way at sixes. And this is a much more wide open handicap, much more your bag, TC. So we'll go to you first. Did you find something at a bigger price for us here, like you would traditionally? Um, I put up one true king on Tuesday at 25 to 1. Uh, I've kind of gone off that. I mean, one, half of the angle there is I thought the ground was going to be um, so it was going to be on the quick side, so a lot of these wouldn't turn up. Now, that's not to say the anti-post position might be very well, because a lot of these could not turn up and might get pulled out on the day. Um, Rebels Hill being one of those, got pulled out of Doncaster last week. Um, I imagine Harry Fry is going to be one of a number of trainers going to be walking the course on, on Saturday morning. Uh, but if he runs, that's got quite a good chance. I think three miles is trip. First time cheap piece is a good angle with Harry Fry. He's five from 23 in recent years. So that's a little bit over above what's expected. Um, yeah, so one true king I've, I've gone with. I can see the case for a few of these. Captain Ord is annoying because... Um, I would have put him up at 14s on Tuesday. I wrote in the article that I, I could see him going off favourite. Um, but the only reason I didn't put him up was because I, I assumed they were going to go to Kempton, the old racing post chase that he won last year. Uh, but because they're currently out of the weights there, they've decided to come here and he's just crashed in the market ever since. He's now four to one, but I'm not really going to quibble that. I mean, he's nine to two and I think there might be some fives knocking around. I, I find it hard to really knock that kind of price, especially with four places, because he's he's on the same, even though he was back to form last time at Doncaster and the Skybet Chase, not beaten far, put up two pounds. He's still on the same mark as winning that Kempton race last year. So from a handicapping point of view, um, yeah, he he's very, looks very, very solid. The only one thing I would say, and I know the horses run well, the form of the Christian Williams yard this season has just been absolutely dog shite, hasn't it? I mean, they're 5% and they just can't buy a winner again recently. So the overarching form of the stable would concern me a little bit, even if the horses run well last time. But the most likely winner, as the market currently suggests, is Captain or but hopefully one true king uh, will, will, will go quite close as well. OK, one true king currently 14s with the sports book as we speak right now, Dan Barber. Um, did you have a strong fancy in this or stronger than you did in the first race? Yeah, uh, I do. Um, I did, as so it tends to always happen, TC's probably done it himself. I did get in touch with Ian Marmion, who's involved with Captain Or, because I thought the plan might be the Kempton race he won last year, but they suggested that because Frodon's a likely one for that, that they're not going to have yeah. a crack because so many will be out of the way. So it is all systems go. I am fearful of him, and I feel like if I'm playing this race, which I have, I've got to keep him on side because... His handicapping case is there for all to see, and the track's perfect. But I really like Revels Hill. Um, I, it's one of those where I knew he'd been badly hampered at Sandown, but a few weeks on, you sort of forget how bad it was. And I went back to refresh my memory, and he is almost stopped to a walk 
in an incident at the eighth fence. And he worked, he, he works miracles really to get back into it. He ends up not being beaten that far into fourth. And prior to that, he ran in, he had the misfortune of running into your darling when your darling's fresh and he'd beat Pegasus, wouldn't he? First time out. So, <laughs> um, I think Revels Hill freshened up again. Johnny Burke's getting a crack on him. Brogan's done nothing wrong, but Burke's riding at the top of his game, isn't he? He's uh, full of beans, it seems. And I just think this is a horse with real upside still. Not had loads of racing as a chaser, not had loads of racing three miles plus. And uh, I, I definitely think he's shown this season that he can acquit himself in this calibre of handicap, having just won at Taunton twice last season. So very much in the Revels Hill camp. Bear in mind, he did go off two to one for that Sandown race. Okay, okay. Two swings away from the favourite then. Brandon, over to you. Do you concur that we could take Captain Ord on at these sort of prices and such an open handicap? Yeah, I was, I was struggling to find well-handicapped horses. I can definitely see the case for that Revels Hill, but I'll go for the other Harry Fry horse, this Phoenix Way. Everything seems primed for a, a, a peak effort tomorrow. He, he loves Ascot and he wants decent ground and he's run two pretty good races so far this season on ground that wouldn't have suited and he made a, a very bad error uh, when fourth behind Il Rododo last time out so I thought off uh, a mark of 140 he was at least competitively handicapped and with, with the conditions in his favour he'd be, he'd be the one I'd back with, with with the extra place I'd be surprised if he's out of the four but I will have to have a saver on riders on the storm I mean mm-hmm. What do you try to do in these races? Well, what do I try to do? I try to back the best horse or the best handicapped horse. And he's arguably both. Now, the problem is, of course, he's totally inconsistent, but he does do well off a break. I mean, the, the, the form of that old round chase, that's that's roasting hot form. Uh, then he blows out a month later. Now, he's had 10 weeks off. Will that be enough to freshen him up? I mean, it's one, it's one of these situations. It's obviously a win-only project, but... He, he is, as I said, he's probably the best handicapped horse in the race. He's probably the best horse in the race. At the same time, he probably falls out of the back of the telly. But I can still, I think, wrap myself up in my shrewd blanket and go, he's just a horse that y- you have to have a little savour on. So so, so they'll be the two bets I'll have in this race. OK, like it, like the way you're playing it, Brendan. Um, on we go to the three o'clock at Ascot. This is the handicap hurdle. It's over the just shy of two and a half miles, two miles, three and a half furlongs. Irish Hill, another Paul Nichols runner up at the top of the market, 100 to 30. Harry Cobden, of course, in the saddle. Zoffany Bay at fives, over from Ireland, but actually over from France, given that he's having his first run for Peter Fahey. Um, Hon Public is next best at sevens for the Oliver Greenall team. Um, Digello is in there at eights, and then 50 Ball is in there at eights, two friendly at eights as well. Glynn in there again, Nicky Henderson this time. Uh, Nico de Boinville in the saddle at tens. So, Irish Hill, TC, we'll come back to you for this one. I thought, I know he's got a very attractive profile, but I thought in a race like this, he's short enough, really. Yeah, there's a, like I said, I, this is kind of a race where you, you can't really kick out any, really. And no. The most fascinating one is the uh, the one that the Betfair Sportsbook are currently completely ducking at five to one, and that's Zoffany Bay. Um, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I'm all for Oscar Pilots having an opinion, but. You know, I can see why they like it, because if there's any horse absolutely thrown in here, it's Zoffany Bay. Now, it's it's quite a fascinating horse, really, because, well, I'm, I'll make the case for it anyway. I mean, it was a, a, a good ground, stroke fast ground horse for Ali Strong in 2018, 2019. And obviously, they sent it to France in 20, 
2020 and 21. And uh, three from five in completed starts there, all in deep ground. Well, officially deep ground anyway. Who knows what the going is in France? So he's improved. He clearly improved over there. And on his last start at all time, March 2021, he actually beat a horse that went on to really progress afterwards and ended up winning a grade two last year. So off a mark of 122, it looks like the UK handicap, and that was a mark of which he was running off for Rally Strongs. It looked like the UK handicappers completely ignored that French form. And the Irish handicapper has as well, because over in Ireland, he's rated 119. And what's fascinating here is they had him in a handicap at Gowan Park on sa- on Saturday off, a mo- off that mark of 119, and they decided to come over here anyway. Right. Um, of a £3. Albeit, so obviously, it's a much uh, more valuable price here. So he's really very interesting. Um, the, the owners know what they're doing. Peter Farr, he knows what he's doing when he comes over here. He's 9 from 42 in the last five years. The other 12 placed. Um, and if, look, if, if Zoffany Bay, if that French room is to believe, and I asked a, a French expert about what he would what he would give that rating uh, now, and he's a, a, could have a stone in hand. If he was could. it that Adam or was it Reese? Because they're the two I know of on Twitter. Uh, no, no, it was... There's a third. Yeah, it was another <laughs> person. We can't always have the same go-to, man. There's a third in that space. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, he, like I said, he's it's back on decent ground. He, you know, he's, he's obviously very, very interesting. But the one I backed and the one I'm really annoyed, that the, the price change at 251 was I was going to put up T-Bell each way at 33, so the sports were getting just this minute cut it to 20s. Uh, I can see it. I end up backing him when only on the exchange. Now, the case for him is second off this mark last uh, two years ago in this very race. Um, good, I think. I'm expecting the ground maybe even on a quicker side at uh, Ascot on Saturday. That's got no problem. Two recent spins on the flat. Uh, he's got a £10 claimer on that uh, he's, he's run his best two race career starts for, Ben French Davis. Uh, so, yeah, two ball at a price, and I will have a saver on Zoffany Bay on the exchange win only because he's not an each way proposition given that, uh, that absence. Okay, well, we'll go to you then, Brendan, for the sort of Irish French angle, too. I guess uh, Peter Fahey's runner must intrigue you given the case that TC's just made for him. Yes, um, absolutely. Um, just could be, could be thrown in, but I mean, the horse hasn't run for a couple of years. Um, you totally respect Peter Fahey. All the Fahey seem to know what they're doing, in fairness. Um, and again, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes and bolts up. Um, the, the, the one I sort of tentatively came up with was this Sam Arreve. Um, I thought he could have a very interesting novice chase campaign. And he started off pretty well, actually, at Ascot. He was, he was going to go close when tipping up at the second last and whether that affected his confidence or whatever, he jumped abysmally last time out in Kempton. So they're back over hurdles. Uh, plan B, granted. But if he did come back to that form of the novice hurdle, uh, that, that competitive novice hurdle he won at Sandown on his last start last season, uh, he's six pounds higher here, but he looked like a, a really progressive horse there. He wants decent ground. Uh, we've got the boy Freddie Gingell. He seems reasonable value for seven pounds. I'd rather Cobden, obviously, but you can't have everything in life. And the horse is a double figure price, so he he was the one that I, I thought I'd chance. Okay, yeah, I can see the case completely. And Dan, 
over to you for the last say in this race, please. Yeah, the presence of Zofany Bay does make things tricky. My my instinct was instead of just putting a line through the race or thinking I have to keep him on side, I think I'll just reduce stakes on others because, frankly, I find him impossible to price up. I mean, he could be 20s, he could be... He could be five to two. I mean, he's he's a very hard horse to assess. But I do really rate Irish Hill, a, pro- a progressive horse. I don't particularly mind fours, particularly if, if Zoffany Bay takes a walk in the market. Fours may not look that bad. He's um, What I liked about Fate, you know, A, he's not got that much of a rise considering he won a valuable handicap by a long way. But it was the fact that they went hell for leather in the early stages of that race and he was still able to go and really open up from two out to the last uh, to blow it apart. I thought it was a very impressive burst of speed and uh, a display of stamina as well because he has got better as he's gone up in trip. That's the thing to know. He's not had much racing at all around two and a half. He's still in a mark on a mark in the 120s. I'd be amazed if he's not better than that. He's a horse who was getting talked up as a potential triumph horse, I think, uh, a couple of seasons ago, uh, ago for Nichols. So I, I am with him. And my flyer in there is his 50 ball. Um, because mm-hmm. he, he won a fairly tactical race beating that big slow boat, sizable Sam, uh, Ascot last season. But he's had just one run, it was a PU in the um, basically unraceable ground at Kemp's in the Lanzarote where almost everything failed to complete. So I was happy enough to put a line through that. Karma Waters, edge back down the handicap, less testing ground. He's very much in his favor, he's a speed horse at this trip. So I thought he was worth keeping on side, okay. Let's move on to the Betfair Ascot chase. It looks as though the Russians have stopped hacking my camera now. So I'm back. I'm back in business. Um, 3.35, Betfair Ascot chase. It's the grade one on Saturday. And this race could be, if they all line up and the big dogs are declared, of course, but going, fingers crossed for the going. Oh, I've gone again. Um we get the big three in here because Fakir Duderi is up at the top of the market at seven to four, taking on Shishkin, at two to one, and Pick Dory at five to two. Miller's Bank, a good horse in his own right, much bigger price at 11s. First flow, of course, one here before at 16s. I write, not a bad horse either at 50s. This is an absolute belter of a race. Dan, I'm going to come to you first on this one. For me, there's so many questions to be answered here by those big three in the market. Um, but Faka Duderis, I think this is his big day of the year, and I'm hoping that Joseph has him just bang on for the day. And as a result, he's the one to side with in on this particular day. I think your screen issues are proving like spreading because I know like a scene in the Omen where everybody dies who's got like a, an apparition through them. I'm, I'm like the vicar. Stop, I'm going to stop my video again just to <laughs> um, save everyone. Yeah, I, it is a like a really fascinating racist. I don't say that lightly because you've got sort of three things to consider. The thriving pick door here, you've got the Ascot running style. You've got the hard knocking, always runs to high 160s, Fakir Dudery. And then you've got a former 180 horse who will beat them if he retains that ability. Um, but there's not enough for me to want to... If I was backing anything in, in this, I'd back Shishkin win only. But to coin a phrase from Brendan, the old shrewd Van Nistelrooy, is it not worth backing Shishkin instead, non-running old bet for the Ryanair? Because if he if he wins this race, and he's a bigger price, obviously, to win the Ryanair, he will be a shortest price favourite for a race that's been blown wide open by Alaho. And I'd suggest that was his most likely Cheltenham target. Obviously, it's a smashing race. Really looking forward to it. Don't have a massive view on the day, but that was the way I was thinking that it might be worth punting him for Cheltenham instead. 
Yeah, I can see that totally. And I love the sort of like different profiles of those top three. And Brendan, that's what makes it so fascinating is all the angles Dan's just flagged up there. Um, are you with the Irish Raider? Well, I am. But I mean, I should yes. say that, 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 that this is uber shrewd from Dan because I didn't even think it's levels within levels. Because if she <laughs> does go and win impressively, then Owen Kalur won't get supplemented for the Ryanair. So you've everything gone for you. So, so that's a very good shout. I wasn't nearly shrewd enough to come up with that, mind you. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I thought back here, I mean, he's just so solid crew, isn't he? He's, it was a fine comeback in Punches Town behind Gallup, but he always needs his comeback. So that was more than acceptable effort. Probably would have got beaten in Perlis, but as Dan mentioned, he's a hard-knocking horse. He was only two lengths down at the last. We can't say for sure what would, would have happened. And that Uncle Or just could be a very, very good horse. And beating French Dynamite, uh, six lengths giving him six pounds that's decent form as well he's just definitely going to run his race and I mean there's holes in everything here is there Pick Dory I mean Pick Dory's a horse going places but he's probably going to be taken on for the lead by first flow and I write that might be ideal I actually wouldn't be shocked if Miller's Bank turned around that Huntington form given the extra oh. furlong and uh, Pick Dory getting taken on up in front. Miller's Bank, he needs to jump better than he did in, Ke in Kempton, but he, he is a talented horse. And Shishkin, I mean, I just I just couldn't like Shishkin. So I, I was really impressed with him in, um, in, in, in this race last year because I thought, or sorry, in the Clarence House, should I say, I thought he did well, despite not jumping as well as he can. So I thought, well, Grant, he'll jump the way he normally does in Cheltenham and he, he'll win easily. And he jumped terribly. Granted, he has had a physical issue, so you could give him a pass for that. But then he hasn't jumped well in the Tingle Creek either. So, I mean, he is a horse who we know was a spectacular jumper, uh, albeit probably better going left-handed, but still. Uh, but now he's jumped, well, poorly on his last two starts and or an, or an ordinary jumping effort the last time he was at this track. He's had his, his physical issues with the, the, the bone issue. I'd be very hard-pressed to, to back him. So that was a very long-winded way of saying, back here, do the real runner's race, and that would probably be enough. Yeah, are you? I mean, I'm obviously that team as well. Nervous about Shishkin, just want to see him back to near something like his best. But TC, pick Dory, the sort of fly in the ointment for me. Um, obviously, he's been on this rampage this season. He seems like a different horse. A friend of mine was down at Paul Nichols's this week and said they saw him school and he looked absolutely, she said, unbelievable. So they've obviously got him in a rare old form. But can he really take on the likes of the hard-knocking Faka Duderis and the talented Shishkin? Um, we can definitely take on Faka Duderis. Um, peak form Shishkin's another level altogether. But as everyone's already explained, you know, you, you're now into... It was a bone problem after the champion chase. It just like did his soft palate. Uh, he hadn't had a wind up after the Tingle Creek. And I, mean, I come back to it as well. I mean, we are not going to know what's going to be running. We shouldn't really say this with the sponsors. We are we're really not going to know what's going to be running in this race until about an hour or so before the race. You've got, I think they, I think with uh, Henderson and De Boinville are riding, uh, got runners and, ri and riding in the first two races at Ascot. So I think they're going to keep an eye on it there. Um, Bakke Dudery's and, and Victoria are going to run. I mean, Millers Bank is probably the overpriced one at 11s on the sportsbook. And at the current prices at the moment, it's, it's 14 on the exchange, but it sounds like Alex Howes 
isn't going to run either. I mean, or, or at the very least, he's going to be walking the course as well. He's um, had another wind up. He's had a wind up, hasn't he? Since and he's had a wind up. I mean, I was like I said, I, I backed him at 33s and 50s for the King George. And yeah, same. He is. He just, just ran very, really badly. And I don't think the wind had anything to do with that. He just jumped very badly. But, you know, if you are backing Pick Dory at around about five to two, nine to four, um, level four in the exchange at the moment, uh, the Miller's Bank at double figure prices is, is overpriced because a lot of people thought, not sure I necessarily buy into it, but a lot of people thought he was um, probably unlucky not to beat Pictoria at hunting. And so I think it's a very messy race. Uh, I think the market's got it right. I think Faka there is, is probably uh, the most likely winner. Would I want to back him at his current price? No. Okay, I'm going to stick with you, TC, as we head up to Haydock for the 205. And up there for the Rendlesham, one of two races we're going to look at at Haydock on Saturday. The grade two event over the three miles and half a furlong. Um, interesting little field here. Little, I think, is fair to say. Yeah, Earn River is up at the top of the market at five to two. But the reason I'm starting with UTC, because, of course, next best in the market at the around about the 11 to four mark is Green Book for the Venetia Williams Charlie Deutsch team, who did you such a turn when did you nap that horse? Or did you just tip him? No, did you nap him? Uh, don't do winning naps on this podcast. Ah, yeah, that's a lie. You're head of the naps table, pal. Oh. Um, but you did you did give him a really good shout when he won the other day, and he he was brilliant, wasn't he? He's such a he's such a likable little horse. Yeah, the problem with you backing him is see, he is a very in and out performer. Um, if you remember, he won that Sandown race uh, last year, and he came to this meeting. Uh, in the Albert Bartlett trial uh, and ran a stinker, albeit they went all guns blazing from the front, being taken on for the lead, and he just like fell apart. Um, I do, I had to actually, well, I mean, he was fives in the market earlier on, and I did manage to get a little bit of that, but I'm, I'm talking a really small bet because I don't like the race. I don't like anything against him in the field. Uh, he has got to back up the performance and he has picked up a four pound penalty, but he, if he if he has if they have got him in in, in much better nick this year and they they're a bit more kind of like uh, savvy with the tactics, I think he could get if he wants to revert to front running tactics. I think this this could set up quite nicely for him. I could see only one other horse in this or um, he's probably going to likely to go from the front, but even he's a bit iffy. So I think with a more understated ride from the front. Uh, he could get these all in trouble, but he has got an iffy profile. He has got that penalty, but I didn't know really like anything else in the race at their current pri- at their prices. So uh, yeah, green book for me, but I've had a, I had backed him, but very small. Okay, old pal, green book, tentative tip for a TC. Dan, what about you in this race? Yeah, this isn't this isn't vintage, is it? I know. No. I'm not <laughs> saying the the Rendell Schumers been a, a, an extremely rich source of top notches in recent times but this is this is basically might as well be a handicap because it's level weights bar green book who's giving the four pound away but all bar any sure are separated by what five or six pounds there's very little between them i've always liked turn river except he's not really gone on has he he's never really recovered from that entry fall i don't think when i the weight of my cash sorry makes it before halfway in the grade one novice there. Um, I like Inishore as a horse, but it's a big step up and they sacrifice in a marker 122. That feels fairly bold. I'm half of the opinion that Ashtown Lad might win by default 
to some extent, because TC's mentioned the fact that Green Book's in and out. Ashton Ladd had several options this weekend and they plumped for the hurdles race. He's having a great season, a beat to chase, sandwiched between a second to remastered in a potential qualifier and then a second to the mega likable stayer glimpse of Gala on ground that probably stretched Ashtown lad at Warwick last time and half thinking that if he runs to the same level, he's the one to beat. But it is so trappy, this. Like, you won't find a trappier race, particularly as TC mentioned as well. Where is the guaranteed front runner? I can't find it. But the one thing I would say before Brendan talking, Elvis Mail is due to run at Kelso on Friday. So you've probably got a lightning on one of there. And we should have right. said, we should have said Ascot. Uh, Supreme Gift is uh, in the handicap at Ascot, but he, his first preference is for mm. Haydock. Yeah. Uh, the okay. So expect some uh, rule fours. Okay. Brendan, the boys are, as you can tell, a little bit tentative on this race. Um, do you feel the same? No, I'm quite sweet on itchy feet, actually. Oh, um, okay. uh, well, well, again, uh, with the pace angle, it'd be interesting. He's never been a, a, a horse who uh, has made the running, but he, he sort of found himself in the lead by default when he won a, a handicap hurdle in Huntington last time out of 20 to 1. And you kind of think with a horse with his profile, is he a light of former days? He wins a 20 to 1. And then he won't back that up at all, which, of course, is possible. But he was coming. Uh, I mean, this is after time, but he was a big price at 20 to 1, given he hadn't run badly in Cheltenham the previous time. And he was off a mark seven pound lower than his chase mark. So they've given him five pounds. So he's up to 143. But I mean, he was a horse who was nudging 160 in the good old days. And he's only a nine year old. Again, if there's the, there's no pace on, I certainly think he'd be handy. And I don't think after what happened the last day that they'll mind if they end up in front. He'd be a progressive sort. Now, this is a different test because he was the class angle in the race. And this is a better race. But as Dan mentioned, it's sort of a slightly better handicap. That's all it is. I don't think it's a massive step up in class. He's well treated by conditions, joint highest rated horse in the race. I thought he was, I thought four to one, he was very fair bet. No, so, okay. I don't, I don't laugh. There's nothing laughing. I've just been chuckling to myself a bit. Um, completely unrelated. There are 29 non runners at, at Newcastle today because of the ground. I've got you a topic oh. there. I've got you a topic there for Wade in. Don't you worry. I, I I saw that and I thought to myself, well, that will be being discussed. And 29. I was also very relieved because I have four Newcastle shifts in 10 days, given the fact I live five hours away. That's top class planning from Team Sky Sports. Ascot, Ascot, saying, Ascot As- saying, hold my beer for Saturday. Yeah, and, and I, <laughs> I saw that and I thought, I'm really relieved I'm not there. For- you had a better <laughs> plan for me. That was not using me and making me jump shit. Hey, 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 right, we're not going down that road on this show. I love Sky Sports Racing. Uh, let's move on to the bet... Fred's Grand National Trial. Oh, I always, I'm very clever with not saying the race titles when they don't include our very own sponsors, but I failed there. The Grand National Trial, guys, over the three miles, four and a half furlongs at Haydock, 2.40 on Saturday. We've got five places on the sports book for this race. Uh, Fontaine Colange is at, at the top of the market at nine to two, flip flopping favourites with the old boy Bristol DeBay, who's currently five to one. Small present next best at sevens. Quick wave in there for Venetia again at eights. And then a few bigger prices after that. Those are just the top four in the market. Dan, we will come to you for this. I feel like this is your sort of race. I've got the vibe from you that you've got a big shout in here. Yeah, I, like, I do like this. Uh, I think this goes back as well to one of mine and TC's in-running highlights the year we backed Wild West Wind when he led on the bridle three out and pulled up two out. I mean, it <laughs> were, 
It was like, <laughs> it was quite glorious. You, you've never seen. I don't know what the equivalent would be actually. Maybe just running into That's a brick it, wall. It was like watching a hurdler at Sandown. It was, but like times ten. It was, it was unbelievable. So, so visceral. <laughs> um, and the last three years, this had been run on heavy ground. It was heavy ground when the Galloping Bear. Um, sort of saw off Bristol de May last year before the race was awarded to Bristol. And he's back, but I think he would prefer the heavy ground that we've seen in recent years. And I think that probably applies to a few of these. Fontaine Cologne, an example, Grumpy Charlie. Um, I'm heading towards the foot of the weights. There are three that are out of the handicap. The one that's fewest pounds out of the handicap is Small Present. And I think he's primed to run a really big race. Freshened up since the Lincolnshire National. That was the first time he'd run over a marathon trip, but he always looked a real stayer over hurdles. He's won his last two wins over hurdles were at this track off a mark of 129. Even from a pounds out of the weights, he's only on, on 128. Uh, unexposed over marathon distances, very effective away from bad ground. He doesn't need it bottomless. It was good to soft at market raising. And he's got Ross Chapman on him. I'm hoping he'll gun him because that's Ross's style and turn this into a, a real stamina test. I thought he was uh, the most overpriced horse in this race. And just as a last one, because I'm waiting for jockey bookings, I have got a second in command. I've got a backup. And seeing Sean Bowen's name alongside Omar Moretti, uh, again, very much made me happy because he's we've seen Sean this year push and shove plenty of horses to victory. And Omar Moretti with a run behind him, he's always gone like a horse that wants a trip. And he's likely raced for his age. And I thought he was interesting again. He's got form away from extremes. Okay. I feel like with Small Present, just as a sidestep, Sue Smith had a very quiet season. I feel like they've had a very quiet season. Yeah, just uh, in and out, I think. Bursts of, bursts of winners and then not much. I mean, Prairie yeah. Wolf's been doing well. Serendipity's been doing well. Yeah. Uh, Brendan, over to you. Who do you fancy in this nice and wide open five places? Throwing a big one, will you? Well said. Well, uh, she's not that big, but I thought eight to one was fair about Quick Wave. I'll I'll give her a chance. Lest we forget. Well, of course, we wouldn't forget. It was only a couple of months ago, but she did go off uh, for the Welsh National. Uh, Now, albeit uh, she she was she was well in that race. I think she was four pounds well in. So she's more weight to carry here. But I think based on that Sandown win on penultimate start, the £8 rise was more than justified. That race looks like reasonable form to me, and she couldn't have been more impressive. She's 10, but very few miles on the clock. Seems ground versatile, and I thought uh, I, I, I thought she could defy the handicapper here. And uh, But whatever happened in Chepstow, you have to forgive her there. She lost a shoe, and uh, a horse fell in front of her at one stage. She was slightly interfered with it. I mean, it, it was still a, it was a poor effort, but I'll, I'll give her another chance, and uh, eight to one is a price you can do that. At. Yeah, she's currently eight to one on the sports book. So we've got a vote for small present at sevens, a vote for quick wave at eights, and a little tentative nod for Omar Moretti at tens. TC, are you going to throw another one into the mix? Yeah, I've had okay. the biggest bet of the weekend so far on this, um, oh. and that's uh, Snow Leopardess. The more I look, the more mm. I liked. Um, I should say that obviously with the entry weights out next week, four of these, uh, the second, third, fourth and fifth in the weights, um, they're in the Grand National. So anything they do here is going to contribute to the handicap market entry. So they might have that in mind or they may not. So you make your own choice up there. But uh, Snow Leopardess isn't in there. Um, She was in the Grand National last year and 
she went off 10 to 1 off a mark of 146. And now she's 16 to 1, five places with a sports book off a mark of 137. Now, hopefully she does run well because I've actually went back and had to have a look at a cross-country race, uh, which <laughs> I, I never, never do live and never willingly do anyway. But she actually travelled really well into that. I mean, she travelled much sweeter than she has done in recent starts. And she was basically vying for the lead, turning in with the eventual winner uh, back on the lash. Um, the handicapper dropped her to a mark of 137 for that. Um, and, yeah, she just looks really well handicapped here. I mean, she won the beach a couple of years ago off, off 140. Um, and then she went on to be rated 146 after a really good exit to win. Uh, immediately after the race, um, I, just, I don't know how I found it. I found an article uh, talking to um, Charlie Longston after that six in the cross country. Uh, and he said, well, this he immediately name, uh, name check this race and or the cross country at the festival. And the fact that he's coming here suggests this is a plan. And that is underlined by the fact uh, he's put first time cheap pieces on the fill, uh, on the mare. Yeah. So, I imagine it's going to be all guns blazing here. Then you've got a situation whereby the first time cheap pieces, he's actually, if you back all um, Charlie Longson's chases in first time cheap pieces, you make money. The strike rate's not great. It's probably, but it is a little bit better than you would his normal strike rate. And the only other thing is the ground. I mean, I wouldn't have countenance, you know, backing her, you know, a couple of days ago, but with the ground now good to soft, with the two mil on Friday, with the hopefully four mil plus on Saturday, it may well turn in her favour. Good to soft, you probably get away with. But yeah, I thought Snow Leopardess, 16s, five places with everything in place for a big run, I thought was, was my idea of the bet of the weekend so far anyway. Wowzers. At 16s, love it, love to see it. Right, we go over to Wincanton for just the one race over the just shy of two miles, the Kingwell Hurdle. Uh, it's the grade two event and only the four runners, but every one of them intriguing in their own right. I think it's fair to say we've got First Street, joint top favourites at six to four with Nappers Hill. I like to move it in there for Team Twist and Davis and Global Citizen at a big price of around 25s. 33, something like that, for Ben Pauling's team. So I'm going to have to check my dictionary about what intriguing means because you must have you must have a different meaning to me. Oh, really? You don't she's got a she's, Vanessa's got a dictionary with phrases in like damp squid. It's like yeah, my, my, turns out my dictionary was one that should never have gone to print <laughs> TC in the end. Um, I know, I, I think, well, I, I guess, sorry, TC, from my no, point no, of view, I'm, I'm, I'm interested about this race because I'm a big First Street fan. I think you'll yeah. know that from other podcasts where I've definitely put him up before. He's disappointed me, but I am a big First Street fan. But I think this is going to be, as the market suggests, a really tight contest between him and Nappers Hill. Two very different profiles coming in here, Dan. I'm not abandoning First Street at this point. But that's why I find it intriguing. Thanks for making me justify it, TC. <laughs> no, 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 you're, you're good at you. keeping me honest you. on this show. You're good at keeping me honest. Man's playing him. Yeah. Uh, go on, Dan. Take it What's away. I'm first street. <laughs> who, who are you with? It's like that mansplaining. What, what does gammon mean as well? I don't understand that. Ben <laughs> Keith on Twitter always says, you gammon, you gammon <laughs> about everything. I mean, what's all that about? I don't think, I don't think listen to podcasts, maybe. <laughs> Gammon is in Paddy Brown coined this in my job. Gammon is another word for ham, sort of hamming it up as as lovey actors do. Oh, it's, see. It's, well, well, no, you see. I've never heard it. now, hasn't it? 
but but it was taken over by a newsnight audience of people with high blood pressure who seemed uh, quite outraged, and then it was sort of aged right wingers. But yeah. I'm, I, I think myself and Ben Keith are sticking with the original Paddy Brown version. That is another uh, word for ham. Right. What a man, okay. Brendan. There we go. That's I'll why get I'm that from in... Blakey. I was just about to say that's why we've got. Asta. <laughs> go on, go on, Dan. I was giving you first shout with well, this. Go on, I thought it's. I, I thought it's a good a good race to have your first instinct of when you see the prices and anything jump out. And you've got three horses that ran against each other. Two of them ran okay at Cheltenham last time, and I like to move it didn't perform because they probably because of full complement of hurdles. But 22's Global Citizen, am I reaching here? The, the absolute rag of the field, second in a Haydock Grand National Trial last season to Tommy's Oscar, who's a, probably a better horse than any of these, or he's not far behind them. There's a soft lead likely, I think. I think he'll lead Nappers Hill. And he was good enough to win a grand annual at the end of the season. Look, it'd be mega small stakes because this is another nasty graded race this weekend. But I wouldn't be in a queue to lay that 22s that he is currently, not the 25s or 33s you hope you suggested, V. Yeah, just elsewhere that, but 22s would bet fair currently on the sports book. Um, Brendan, over to you, please, for this incredibly interesting renewal. <laughs> Well, it is interesting in fairness, Vanessa. There's some decent horses. And if you get a four-runner race at six to four the field, uh, I think that could justify some 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 intrigue. I mean, it's not John Le Carre stuff or, or anything, <laughs> but it, 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 it definitely it is in, in, interesting. Um, so, and the other good thing about it, of course, is we're guaranteed pace here between Nappers Hill and uh, Global Citizen. So it's not going to be a dawdle around a speed favour and track like we can't. But I think I'll give I like to move it another chance. Oh. Um, well... I mean, he is a talented horse, you know. I mean, so he was just so impressive on comeback. You don't see many many handicaps won like that. The handicapper did react and give him ten pounds, and but he still went off five in the Rel Keel hurdle. Now he was disappointed, and he can't boot the odd hurdle out of the way. But he'll enjoy a good pace to run it here. He can be a keen going sort. Um, he, he doesn't help himself. I take that point, but he has a big engine, and I think this track at a, a, a well run race sets up well for him. And uh, eleven to four. I mean, he went off a shorter price than First Street in the Relkeel hurdle. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And and look. I was only groaning there, Brendan, because I've actually also tipped up and I think napped. I like to move it this season as well. So that's why it, it's it, that was why there was a groan from me. because Ah, uh, yeah, he's a frustrating horse. Yeah. Yeah, keeping, it, very... keeping it real to real, if anybody realises that they sang the song. Maybe Again, don't. those sort of references just fall so flat with me, Dan. It's a good job I like you. But anyway, <laughs> let's, that about wraps up. Uh, that does wrap it up. I think that was the last race we were looking at. God, I feel don't like... Don't ask my opinion then. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry, it's because you said you weren't interested. Sorry. No, I don't sorry. have one. Uh, but I must say, I've just checked on the exchange and I wasn't ex wasn't expecting First Street to be trading at 2.66. Because I had, I had the other three all as forward goers. So... Yeah, okay. First Street, if you can get 13 to 8 on the exchange, I don't think First Street's that bad a price. Oh, there we go. Bit of intrigue from TC. Intrigue. That did um, really intrigued then, didn't he? Intrigue. Yeah, he really did, yeah. God, I'm so intrigued. And um, let's... You I'm intrigued stroke by everyone's naps. I am intrigued by everyone's naps. Should we do naps? I think it's time. Um, my nap is First Street. Not that anyone cares, because myself and Kevin are languishing down at the bottom of the naps table. TC is running away with it. So we'll come to you first, TC. Who is your nap? Are you going Snow Leopardess? 
I was going to play safe with Captain Orr, but you've got to go where you put your money. So the most money so far has gone on Snow Leopardess, so I'm going to win only Snow Leopardess. Good on you. Love it. Right, Brendan, your nap, please. Yes, well, I, I respect that uh, integrity from GC, so I will go with that uh, because I don't like to back horses at under two to one, so I won't back Facker, but I will back uh, Itchy Feet in the 205 Haydock. Love it. I wonder if does that if that comes in, which it probably will because it's not Kevin Blake tipping it up, then does that count as a winning nap for Kevin, seeing as you're literally in his seat, I wonder? He'll oh, by proxy, it. yeah. Tipping yeah. by proxy. Uh, uh, I think it all depends if it wins. <laughs> Yeah, yes. if it wins, it doesn't. If it loses, it does. Yeah, fair, fair. Uh, Dan, what's your app, please? Uh, Rebels Hill in the Swinley handicap at Ascot, please. On runner. Oh, you think? Don't say that. Brackets ground. Yeah, yeah, it was at Doncaster, wasn't it? Mm, Are we having mother? If, if Brendan does did it, had a nap, Fakir did read. You could have had mother Fakir as the um, the show title as well, but looks oh. like we missed the chance. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Well, you're up against Harry Fry as well. He's a real Goldilocks trainer, isn't he? I'd say yeah. he withdraws more horses than anyone else. Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, if he had runners at Newcastle, though, they wouldn't even have left the stable, would they? Nicky Henderson just said, hold my beer to that as well. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right, guys, on that note, that wraps up the show. Thank you to you all. As always, TC and Dan and regulars, Brendan in for Kevin. Uh, we've much appreciated your contributions to the podcast this week. Been great fun. Please come back again soon. Uh, do not forget everyone bet 10 get 10 on racing multiples every saturday from now until the cheltenham festival um but you have to opt in so please do read the t's and c's in the show's description please also enjoy your weekend but do gamble responsibly and join us again on monday when we will be back with Wade. but for now enjoy the weekend have a good one thank you very much for listening and watching <laughs>